This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Goal for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Beat on. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. That's right. It's time for a little A's Cast Live. Getting you ready for a little baseball tonight here at the Coliseum. Game two between the Athletics and the Kansas City Royals. We're going to have a great show for you. Whit Merrifield, the all-star from the Kansas City Royals. He leads Major League Baseball in hits. He only needs five more for 200. We got a chance to interview him a little bit ago. We'll hear from Whit coming up here in just a little bit. The Hudman. The Wonder Dog, Rex Hudler. We always love having him on. We talked to him last time the Athletics were in Kansas City. We'll talk to him today. We're also going to have Bob Melvin. It will be the Bob Melvin Show. We're not sure exactly what time that is going to be. That is going to be somewhere in the 5 o'clock hour. And then this is my last A's cast live for the regular season from the field. So you know i got to talk to my man, Ray Fossey, one more time. So, Ray, the two-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, and two-time World Series champion will be joining us also in the 5 o'clock hour. As the Athletics, you know what? If you listen to the post-game show, obviously with the loss, I was not thrilled. You know, at this time of the year, when you're playing teams that aren't very good, you need to take advantage of it. And when you have the lead and you blow that lead, that's pretty frustrating. And that's what happened last night with Kansas City. As I said in the postgame show last night, it's one thing if they come out and they boat race you and they hit a bunch of home runs and ambush you. But when you have the lead and you don't hold on to the lead and you blow another save, well, the postgame show guy's not going to be thrilled about it. But it's still a phenomenal season with 11 games left. They're 29 games over 500, And I have the most positive note that you possibly could have for today's action. As I've slept on it, I feel better. Had a couple beers last night, then went to bed. That always makes me feel better. So now, positivity. Are you ready for this? Why should we be so happy about today? Well, what is today? Today's Tuesday. And why is Tuesday significant for the Oakland Athletics? They're unbeatable on Tuesday. The A's have won 13 of their last 14 games on Tuesday. 
for the season on Tuesday, they are 18-5, and five, which is the best record in baseball. It's a weird game, but it is what it is. When they're playing on Tuesday, the A's are as good as anybody, and they've had a fa- fantastic September. They're 11-4 and four in September, which is the second-best record in Major League Baseball. And they need to take advantage of this schedule. Let me just kind of go over it for you a little bit. And we have a lot. By by the way, ESPN, I don't know exactly when we're going to get to this. If you didn't see it, ESPN.com put out an article on exactly how replay is done back in the review room in New York. Back in Manhattan. I found it fascinating. Because for years we really didn't know, right? We just know that the manager's challenging. You know, Bob will do the two hands to the ears, the signal we're challenging. The umpires get together. They put headsets on. But what goes on from there? I never knew. Did you know? Do you know? I never knew. Well, now we're going to find out exactly what they're talking about, who they're talking to, and how it works. We'll go over that a little bit later. But here, here's how it's breaking down because, let's face it, you're, you're getting down to the one wild card. It's a wild card game. It's one game for it all. Winner moves on, loser goes home. And we will be watching, and I got some notes on the Rays tonight, Blake Snell, the 2018 American League Cy Young Award winner, will be making his first appearance since July 21st. Of course, he had that surgery to, you know, they call it loose bodies removed from his left elbow back on July 29th. He is going to be on the mound tonight. And this is an interesting note about watching this game tonight down in Los Angeles. If Snell were to continue pitching every fifth day, we only got 11 games left, he'd be on regular rest for the AL wildcard game on October 2nd. So if everything goes right for him, and remember, he... Normally in these one game, it's win or go home. If you can get five out of your starter, teams are happy. And they've got a fantastic bullpen. They don't blow saves. So whether the game's going to be in Oakland, whether the game is going to be in St. Petersburg, there's a chance you're going to see their best guy, and it's going to be Blake Snell. We'll see how that goes. But this is how it shakes out for the athletics the rest of the way. You're facing a team tonight that's on pace for 102 losses. There's going to be four teams this year with a hundred and four loss with a hundred law at least a hundred losses. So when you say you need to take care of your own business, you need to take care of these teams that are really bad. And the Kansas City Royals, they do have a little bit of firepower, but remember, this team's on pace for 102 losses. Then you have the Texas Rangers for the final homestand of the year. Their run differential on the year for the Texas Rangers is minus 48. That is not good. Then you're going to go on the road to finish the season. Two against the Angels, four against the Mariners. How bad are they? Well, the Angels, 
They have lost 17 of their last 22. Trout surgery out. Otani surgery out. They're both done for the year. Their two best players are done. So what are we talking about here? And then you got four against the Mariners. They have allowed the third most runs in Major League Baseball this year. They got off to that hot start, and since, they have been garbage. So that's what you have left. That's your 11. One team's on pace for 102 losses. Another team's run differential is minus 48. The other guys, they've lost 17 of their last 22, and they're two best players, including the guy that will probably win the AL MVP, are gone. And the Mariners have allowed the third most runs in all of baseball. So, losing is not an option. And we have to start having really that mentality. Even though some people don't want to always believe that. Oh, it's baseball. You're not going to win every game. Well, you know, one of the problems with that is you look at how good the A's have been this year. Like, look at the second half. Why haven't the A's been able to catch the Houston Astros? Because the A's right now, they have the second best record in the after the All-Star break. It's the second best at 39-20. and 20. You'd think, oh, they have to gain ground on the Astros. They've had the second-best record. You know what the problem is? Astros have had the best. They're 41-20. and 20. That's why the A's, even though they took three out of four, they're not gaining ground on them. And that's, that's the tough thing. When you've got a superpower in your division, it's tough to track them down, especially – when they're playing a full 162-game season of quality baseball, and you aren't. You know, you look at these numbers, best record in baseball since June 17th at 53-25, and 25, second best record since the All-Star break at 39-20, and yet you're still eight games back. Why? They're playing a full season. The A's were just 500 at the middle of June. If you're going to catch the Astros, if you're going to be able to play in a division with the Yankees or the Dodgers, you're going to have to play a full season. And they're winning way more than they're losing. And whenever you have a hiccup, they're winning and you fall behind. And that's why when I look at last night's game, yes, there's two ways to look at it. You could say, hey, it's baseball. These things happen. Or you can say, well, there's a reason why you're eight games back. You got 29 blown saves. You know, if, if you take half of those blown saves away, what is your record? Are we still talking about winning the division with 11 games left versus dying for a playoff, a one-game wild card game, winner take all, against a team that it'll be a great game. Now, I'm not going to throw Cleveland completely out of it, as Cleveland is still in this, as Cleveland right now is just a game and a half back. So who's going to blink and who isn't with, for the A's, 11 games left? That is it. But this is why we're baseball fans. Because this is what's great about baseball. 
but they need to take care of their business. And also, we're Dodger fans tonight. Hate to say it. I can't stand the Dodgers, but we're Dodger fans tonight. Something I'm going to be looking at also, this will be the 13th MLB Game of the Week live on YouTube. Scott Braun, Noma Gassiapa, Noma, Melvin Upton, and Elena Rizzo are going to be on the call from Dodger Stadium. You know, my man, Mark Langston, worked one of these games. And he said at one point, and obviously when you have Shohei Otani, you got a world audience. At one point, they had 6 million people watching a game on YouTube. And I want to monitor tonight between the Rays and the Dodgers. Obviously, this is a big game. Dodgers are going for home field advantage throughout the National League playoffs. Rays, you know, the one thing about the Rays, kind of like a dirty little secret about them, the Rays actually get really good television ratings and radio ratings, but their attendance stinks. But I've now learned why, because no one wants to go from Tampa, where the majority of the people live, over to St. Petersburg, because I guess it's a train wreck. It's really, really hard. And that's why everybody believes the Rays should be in Tampa. I've mentioned this multiple times. The hockey team, the Lightning there, they sell out. The Buccaneers, they sell out. The attendance would be a whole different deal if it was in Tampa. So they do get people who watch. Think about that kind of number. Six million people watching a baseball game. So I checked in with Well, our, welcome back, Commander Cody. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. I heard there was a lot of chaos while I was gone, so I'm glad to be back. Well, Joey can't run a broadcast. That's uh, the bottom line. The Italian Stallion. The Italian he, Stallion, there's problems. When he does it, we got issues. So I reached out to our Ace Cast Live YouTube correspondent, Guy Haberman, who does a lot of the games on the West Coast, who's not doing it tonight, unfortunately. And I asked Guy, I said, when you're watching the game on YouTube, can you track how many people are watching? And he said, no, I don't think you can. So we'll have to try to get those effort, those numbers from someone which Haberman probably gets them, so I'm sure we can get it. Yeah. I mean, how many watch a regular broadcast on, like, NBC Bay Area or NBC California and then compare that to 6 million people? Yeah, that's a lot. That is a, that's an insane amount. So we got Rex Hudler's here now. Yeah. He's, talking you, to, he's supposed to be talking to Fosse, but he knows about 430, so we'll see. Okay, so you want to go to Wit? Yeah, we go to Wit, yeah. Wit was about, yeah. Go to it. All right, coming up next, we got a chance to catch up with a guy who's leading baseball in hits. An all-star, a two-time AL stolen base leader, a guy who knows a lot of the A's because we got a lot of ex-Royals on this team. Whit Merrifield will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. He was a star in college, had the game-winning hit, in Omaha to help the Gamecocks, the University of South Carolina, win the College World Series. He was then taken in the ninth round by the Kansas City Royals, and all he has done is hit. He can just flat-out hit. Led the majors last year with 192 hits. This year, he's leading with 195 He's got 635 at-bats. He's hitting 307. He's got an 826 OPS. The guy can flat-out play. And it's always great when we can get other teams. Now, it's one thing bringing our guys down, but when we can bring other players 
down here from, from other teams. You know, we've had Ryan Stanick, the opener. Who else do we have, Cody? Uh, we've had Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini's come down. Ta Tommy Tommy Malone. The great Tommy Malone. Josh, Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick. CC Sabathia. You weren't here, but CC Sabathia came on. CC Sabathia. So, I mean, that's the cool thing is about what we're doing here with A's Cast Live is it's we're talking about every team. We're talking about everybody in Major League Baseball. And as you know, you hear us say all the time, we're bragging. What we're doing is historic. Other teams are, like, learning what we're doing because they know they're going to be doing it, and that's why they're trying to help us. So <clears throat> earlier today, Whit Merrifield, the All-Star, came down and he joined us here on A's Cast Live. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time coming down to our set. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me. You know, last night was a very interesting win for you guys. You, you, you struggled a little bit against the Houston Astros. You're coming in here against a team that's red hot in the Oakland Athletics who've won six in a row. And a big comeback victory for you guys. What does that mean for you guys, especially for the young players learning at this level down the stretch? Uh, yeah, I mean, baseball's a crazy game. You know, stuff like that, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, records or whatever, you know, crazy things can happen in this game. Um, but that was big for us. Uh, we're at the point in the season where, you know, we're trying to build build for next year, trying to get some guys uh, some confidence, um, get them reps in the big league. So, Last night, Brett Phillips came up, you know, against one of, if not maybe the best closer in the big leagues right now and uh, hit a big game-tying home run for us. So um, that was good for him, good for our team moving forward. And uh, everything we're doing right now, like I said, is, is building on, on um, building for next year. And a guy you know very well because before we started this interview, you got to see Liam Hendricks. Yeah. And uh, you talk about one of the great stories and turnarounds in baseball. When you see a friend like that, do something the way last year he was DFA'd on June 25th. Next you know he's starting the wild card game. Next you know he's an all-star. It's been truly one of the great stories. No question. Yeah, it's great to see him doing well. Um, I feel like half of, over half of the pitching, um, the pitchers on this team are, are ex-Royals. You know, between, uh, you got Liam, you got Diekman, you got Homer, you got Manaya, you got Bookter. Uh, I think that's it, but we got to Got a bunch of bunch of ex Royals in this team, so it's good to catch up with these guys. And you're going to get over 200 hits this year. Hope Le so. Last year you led the you, you led the majors in hits. You got close to 200. What's that going to mean to you in your career to get 200 hits? It's been a goal. It's been a big goal for me. Um, I know who I am. I know what kind of player I am. Um, and certain milestones, you know, for me, I'm probably never going to hit 40 homers or anything <laughs> like that, but. Uh, 20, 20 hits uh, has always sort of been a, a milestone. Just it, For me, it just represents consistency, um, durability, and just going out and, and uh, having success on a, on a pretty regular basis. And um, I'm close to it now. I have five to go. It's people, you know, like, like you said, people think I'm going to get it, but it's still – the big leagues is still hard. You know, it's still hard to go out and get a hit much less five. So um, I'm taking one at a time, and hopefully that 200 number will come sooner than later. Hey, don't sell yourself short with this juice baseball. You never know how many home runs you'll hit. I don't know if you've seen how, you know, what, <laughs> what pitchers are doing out there, but uh, we could, whether the balls are juiced or not, we could use all the help we can get, especially for, well, here, here this is no cupcake of a park to hit a homer in either, but Coffin Stadium is really big. So um, going to other parks, for instance, Houston came in town and, I uh, saw Bregman hit two balls, 
that he watched a little bit thinking they were homers and they were caught three or four steps before the warning track. So it's uh, it, baseball is a unique, a unique sport in the sense that everyone gets valued on their numbers, but the variable is different everywhere you go. You know, in football, every every field's 100 yards. Basketball, it's always a 10-foot goal. Baseball, it's always different. Every field you go to is different. Uh, so to see what our guy Jorge Soler is doing, if he was playing in 80% of any of the other parks in the big leagues, he'd have 60-plus homers right now, and there's no question about that. So it's uh, – yeah, juice balls are not um, – I'll take it. Yeah, well, I think about, as you said, this is this this park's not easy to hit in. Right. I mean, you can go across the bay. San Francisco's the same way. Kansas City. Kansas City's moved the fences in from way back when in the George Brett, Frank White era, and it's still hard to hit it they out. Mo- they moved them in, then they moved them back. To the, are they the same dimensions, what yeah. they used to be? They moved them in, and then something wasn't right, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't right, and they moved them back, and then they uh, – they said though when they built the fountains, it it cut down. Uh, I guess the wind used to blow in a lot, and when they built the fountains, it cut down the wind, so the ball started carrying better. So I guess that helped. Yeah, and, and that's what's so important about certain analytics, where they factor in the ballpark, so we can see your value versus somebody who plays in a bandbox. Because of course you're going to have different numbers based on. I mean, as you mentioned, there's weather. People playing different type of weather. Whether right. you're playing indoors, you're playing outdoors. I mean, that's the good thing about these ballpark factors in these certain analytics that really help guys like you who play in a bigger ballpark. Yes and no. I struggle with that because there's a there's a certain confidence that comes to a hitter when they step in the box and know that. Like when I play in Yankee Stadium, I know I can step in the box and I don't have to hit it great to hit a homer to right field. That makes me a better hitter. You look at what DJ LeMahieu is doing now. I was talking to some guys when I saw the Yankees sign DJ LeMahieu, and I was like, this guy's this guy's gonna go off. Just why he's gonna have an unbelievable year. And sure enough, that's what he does because he hits the ball so well to right field. Now he knows if he gets behind in the count, he can stay on he can stay on anything and just flip it to right. And chances are it's gonna be a homer if he gets in the air. And when you have that approach. It turns you into a better all-around hitter, and you know analytics can't really factor that. So there's a there's a certain confidence that comes with playing in a in a hitter-friendly ballpark. I'm glad you bring that because everybody thinks about the numbers and analytics and that they mean everything. There's there's still the human element to yeah. the game that a lot of people are trying to take out of it. No question. I'm, I I get analytics. I you know in some aspects I get that it's helpful and. Um, but I feel like teams are using it as a crutch too much. Um, instead of going out and watching a player, all they're doing is looking at numbers, and it's it's a it's a lazy way out, in my opinion. It's a lazy way to evaluate a player. It's a lazy it's a lazy way to to try to figure out what kind of player that you're looking at. And um, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the way that where the direction of the game is going, but. Um, try my best to, to fight it. You mentioned Solaire last night tying Trout in home runs. Just talk about this just incredible natural power that he has. Yeah, yeah. He's. I've never seen Juice like it. I've, I fought hard for him to be in the home run derby. Um, unfortunately, he didn't He didn't get the call, but he would have put on a just an incredible show. Just I get to watch this, I get to watch this guy in BP every day and there's 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 nowhere he can't hit the ball, and he can't hit it 500 feet. Um, I, I think some of some of his stat cast uh, uh, 
distances are a little off just because of I've never seen balls hit some of the places he's hitting them, and they always end up being like 440 to 450. And you're going, this is 500. Yeah, it's, al it's always <laughs> in that range, and, it's and it never fails. Like the ball last night, it was 446. It's always in the 440 to 450 range, and there's no way. There's no way. But he's got some of the some, – I mean, he has the most raw juice I've probably ever seen, and um, he's really putting it together this year. He's he's getting his pitch, and he's and he's not missing it, and he's being more selective, and he's, uh, he's turned into a really good hitter. Well, let's end on this. I mean, you're having a great year. You're an all-star. You've led the American League before a couple times in stolen bases. You're having a, a great career. And i got to think the future is bright for the Royals because at all these different levels, you've got a ton of young talent. They're all winning down there, learning how to win. How excited are you going forward with the Royals knowing that you've got a lot of good young players that are going to be coming here to Kansas City? Yeah, it's exciting. Obviously, you want a good, strong farm system. Uh, you want depth. And we feel like, um, you know, I, I haven't got to see it firsthand yet because most of those guys haven't been to big league camp yet. Um, but from talking to our front office and some scouts, they're excited about these guys. They're excited about these arms that we have. And um, that's, that's going to be good for the city. And it really is just a matter of guys gaining confidence up here, guys like Solaire, Mondesi, Dozier, these guys putting it together. We need more of that. And once we once we start getting more of that, um, you know, it'll it'll transition in, into some wins. And it's something that we've been – I've personally been craving for a long time because I, I got to the big leagues in 16 right after the World Series, and we haven't won since. And, you know, I got to kind of experience the – the World Series hangover without ever getting to live in, live in the World Series. So um, I'm dying to get there and dying to get to the playoffs, dying to play in games in September that matter. And, um, you know, like, like you said, hopefully this these guys coming up can uh, can help us get to that point. Well, at least you know it can be done because you know it, you, you, you've seen it. I've it, seen it, it. It can be done. I've seen it from from the, the, uh, the jail of AAA. That's where I got to see it from. Well, good luck the rest of the year. Get those 200 hits because it's a great milestone. And uh, get some victories, and we'll talk to you next season. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, Whit Merrifield. He's going to get those 200 hits, and that is a big deal. And now joining us is a guy that's been on with us for years, whether he was with the Angels, now with the Kansas City Royals. He's always one of my favorites. Rex Hudler is with us, who – Nobody better than you. Who No one loves this game more than you. Chris, what a beautiful day it is in the Bay Area. Right? Are you kidding? We get to stay over there across the Bay, and then we bus over here. And I took the BART yesterday, and I go, you know what? I love the BART, and I love seeing the people. They're real people. But I want to see the scenery, man. I love the scenery. It's so beautiful. So I, I'm taking the bus. So I took the bus today, and I left my phone. I put it in my bag. You know, that phone's distracting. No it doubt. Is. Yeah. Put it in there and just look and go, wow, and have uh, just floods of memories uh, over the years. You know, my, my growing up in Fresno, my dad brought me to Candlestick for my first game when I was nine years old. And I happened to be in the pitch hit and throw competition. You know, so I was actually competing on the field. They had artificial turf. It was the Giants and the in the Atlanta Braves, and, and I got to see Hammer and Hank and Willie McCovey, and, and I remember it was so special, and I had no idea that God was going to bless me to play 21 baseball, pro baseball seasons and then get to broadcast another 20. So people go, HUD, why are you like you are? And I tell them, why shouldn't I be? Never had a real job in my life. Come on. It's a beautiful game, man. This game is so beautiful. And at this time of the year where, you know, 
we, we talked to Fiziok yesterday about how, you know, the Royals got a lot of young talent winning in the minor leagues, and they're going to try and replicate how they got to the World Series last time was bringing up those core young guys to play together and win. They're doing that now, but you got the A's. Rex, we're battling right now with the Rays oh. and the Indian, and, and it's all about trying Ooh. to get that one-game wild card here in Oakland. And that's what you want. You wanted it in 14 too. Sorry about that. But look, great things can happen if you get through that game. We've, we've known that from the history of the years that they've had that wild card. Most of them win. They win it all for some reason. So here's what here's the deal. The staple for the Royals is and will be defense. Okay? They want athletes and defenders because of the yards. These yards are similar. They're big. It's a big yard here, uh, and it's a big yard in Kansas City. So they want athletes to run balls down. So when you make plays and you catch the ball, what does that do? It saves runs. It saves pitch counts. And so that's a great formula to win. So, so, so the Oakland A's, I love the defense these guys are playing. It's fantastic defense. You got gold on the corners here. Simeon's the most improved player in baseball because of his hard work and your outfield. That kid last night was playing left field. I loved his attention to detail. He hustled and he cut off those balls and he kept a couple. He he kept Montessi at first base. He's the fastest player in baseball. So playing with a sense of urgency on the other side of the ball out there wins you games. So right now everybody is just saying Mike Trout. We know how great Trout is, that he's going to win the MVP, and then some people want to make a case for Bregman. I want to give you something on Simeon. How about this? This is the list of players in Major League history in a season with 116 runs, 173 hits, 38 doubles, 7 triples, 30 home runs, 85 RBIs, 78 walks, and 10 stolen bases. Only three guys have ever done that in a season. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Marcus Simeon. Wow, that's impressive. Way to do your homework, Chris. That's, you know what, that's a special player. And when he came, when you guys came to the K three weeks ago, and I watched him break in. You know, I watched him uh, earlier when he was having difficulty, and I watched. I've come early and watched Ron Washington working with him, and I was teammates with Wash. I know Wash inside out, and he was. He's made a difference in a lot of players across the game today, and but but it's, none have been bigger than this kid here, and he's, he's turned himself into a star. So the shortstop for the White Sox, Tim Anderson, has similar qualities, very similar type players. But he's making 35 errors a year now. He's hitting. He's leading the league in hitting, but he's not a complete player like Marcus is. But there's hope. He can get better, but he's got to have the will to work like Marcus did. Now, is going back to MVP, I don't know what's going to happen. If Oakland can go deep into the playoffs, we know the Angels probably won't have a shot at it. But if you guys can get more attention, that might help him. I'm, I'm, I think that's great. We need people like you to push his numbers. At least give me top three. Like, yeah. I, have not, I know how great Trout is. Bregman's having a great year. But obviously that's a, that's a hitter's ballpark, especially as a right-handed hitter with, oh. the, with the Crawford boxes. Oh, man. I mean, Marcus is playing 81 games here in the cold at night. <laughs> exactly. And that, that, that all adds up to it. It's, but a lot of it is publicity. A lot of it is, you know, I don't, I don't think he plays himself up enough. You know, I mean, yeah. a lot of guys do that, but he's not into it. I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that's good. His skills and his playing should be able to do the talking for him. Sometimes, though, in small markets, it's not. So hopefully you guys will get to, the, to where you need to be, shore up that bullpen a little bit. I don't know if you need to shore it up. It just, just executes some pitches, really. you got some good arms out there. Yeah. You know, that's going to be good. Starting pitchings, competing amongst each other. I love that. They're passing the baton on. Uh, that's the, well, you know, you had a good start last night? Okay. Roark, man, he threw, what, 100 pitches in f three innings? 
I mean, he stayed in there, hung in there, and made something out of it. You know, and he battled. So now tonight's pitcher, your, your lefty Anderson, He's going to go, man, I, I got I to gotta better that. So that's the internal competition that really, really helps ball clubs win. Whoever wins this wild card game, we don't know yet whether you'll go to Yankee Stadium or you're going to go to Minute Maid Park. Which team would you be more fearful of playing in a five-game series, Astros or Yankees? Uh, you know, you're going to flip a coin. It doesn't matter about the who you play. It's about what you believe in yourself. It's going to be about how Mel – how he builds these guys up and believe it it's 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 just one game it's the most important game in our life and that's what you do now is you, every game here on out the rest of the way you play like it's your wild card game that's what you do and then you get used to it so when it comes to whoever you play you don't care what color the uniform is or what city it is it don't matter we're the a's and we're going to kick some butt we can play and that's that's the mentality you have to have played in a one game playoff uh, 1995 with the, uh, against the Seattle Mariners, and so I kind of have an idea what that was about. It was it was the only chance I had to go to postseason as a player, and uh, f unfortunately, Randy Johnson was pitching and throwing pellets that day, and they won and they went on and and were successful, beat the Yankees and yeah. and uh, beat Cleveland, uh, beat the Yankees. Yeah, I think Cleveland beat them though. But then they but they went deep and that saved their their whole franchise. You know, that got Safeco Field built because they had some success in the postseason. So you guys just gotta get there. And don't look at who you're playing. Yeah, I, I think about the wild card team. That wild, the wild card team is like that junkyard dog that you don't want to see in an alley. And that's what gets me about last night. You know, people try and tell me all the time, oh, it's just one game. Not this time of the year. These are playoff games. You're playing. you got to have that playoff mentality because, you know, the Rays aren't going anywhere. They're, they're, they're a tough bunch. Exactly. They got pitching. Man, they got pitching. They got some some uh, pop in their lineup, too. So, just like I said, you have to go back to keeping the basics every single day and train yourself, and your guys have been playing that way. You, you, you played a great game last night. Those things happen, though. The guys, they're paying, they're paying the Royals to beat him, too. And if you make a mistake over the middle of the plate, big league hitters don't miss that. Man, it's amazing watching all these games all these years, how these hitters, man, I don't care how hard it's thrown or what kind of break it is. If it's in that certain area in that box now that, that uh, uh, Major League Baseball has provided for the fans to see that little box. Now, the umpires don't like it, but yeah. they're not great on that. <laughs> but, but anything in that box I share with our audience, folks, stay out of the nitro zone. That's, that's going to get you hurt, and they just don't miss because that's how they get paid. And the nitro zone, Solaire, last night, oh. and seeing him, number 45, tying him oh. with Mike Trout for the most home runs in the American League. We talked to Whit Merrifield about him. He says, as he said, the most juice I've ever seen. This guy, I tell us how special this guy oh, is. Oh, man, just get it in the air, Solaire. That's all we need. And you know, he's got Solaire power. Chris, so look, this guy, we knew that coming in that he had Solaire power. So did the Dayton Moore when they traded Wade Davis for him. Okay, they happened to get the Cubs in a vulnerable moment. The kid had a future. We knew it. Now he, he got hurt last year. He had to stay healthy. And they, but they knew if he stayed healthy, what he could accomplish. And he's just tapping the, the, he's just tapping the surface right now. Just barely tapping it because he's starting to learn how to go that way. That's scary. Yeah, it is. So once That's he backs scary. off and his hitting coaches, Pedro Gafal and Terry Bradshaw, believe that he can hit 270, 280. I mean, consistently, because he gets his hits and he gets his walks. That's the key to for hitting for a higher average. But Solaire power has been so much fun to watch. His two hands on the bat, that follow through, that torque he's got. You know, heck, watching his batting practice are amazing, and it's a lot of fun, especially with the ball 
a little lighter. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a little juice. But you know the one thing that we're seeing about the really good teams, and I bring it, all, all, I bring it up all the time, the Red Sox last year, I think about the Astros when they won, the Astros now, they have power, but these guys don't strike out. You know, we, we talk so much about power and striking out. The really good teams, they grind you with power, but they grind you and they put the ball in play and make hard contact. And I can't bring that up enough. So let me share 14 and 15 with you. We lost, or we were last in home runs every one of those two years. And we went to the World Series both years. You didn't we strike had, out? No, we put the ball in play. We had guys that put the ball in play, we played a little more small ball. We had guys that could run. Okay, so. Uh, fighting off that, uh, having that two-strike approach, putting that ball in play with the speed. The fielder comes, he, he, he the speed pr puts pressure, and here it is. He gooses the throw, pulls his foot. That was a Royals rally. Okay, we knew what to do. That was it. And you could feel it. The vultures started circling. The, the Royals would go, yeah, we got them now. Just like they did Houston. Houston had them in game five and 15 in the divisional playoffs. They had them. A bad, bad hop off Korea. Missed it. Bam. You missed it. The Royals were down by four. They came back. They smelt the blood in the water. They got them. Okay, you know, you have to have that mentality to win games and score other than home runs. It's so important. And you do that with defense and pitching and little timely hits here and there, a little small ball. You can beat good pitching. When the postseason comes, guess what? The Verlanders, those guys are tough to hit. Yeah. So, so and they, they, they pitch underneath the home run bats. So how are you going to score your runs? You better be able to manufacture them or you won't win. Let's end on this. There are so many great young players, 30 and under, 25 and under. As you said, you've been in this game your entire life. Have you ever seen a collection of young players come to the big leagues ready to play and compete at such a young age? And produce, no. We, 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 we saw the, the Toronto Blue Jays, we played them. Those kids are amazing. Come on, it's the, not that easy, those games. You the know, Baby Jays? Biggio, you know, and we were we were there for the kid uh, uh, Bichette's debut. Man, and I talked to him, and he looks like he's fresh out of high school. And that <laughs> dude, he is a badass. That guy, man, he he's so confident. He oozes with confidence, and he's all of 2021. And so, to me, it's it's their upbringing, lots of it, some of these guys, the way they're upbringing. Yeah, good, good parents, that's important. That instills that drive and that confidence and stuff like that you need you need to have, but a lot of it is the repetition of the of them and playing in high leverage baseball games when they're young and these travel ball games and stuff and you know in these showcases so they're they they can handle pressure early and they come to the show and it's no big deal, <clears throat> they spit on it it's beautiful I love it the talent is so fun hopefully that stirs our industry. No doubt about it. Hey, I can't thank you enough for all these years, always coming on the A's pregame show and now coming on this show yeah. with me. It's no, been fun, whether I, it's Anaheim or it's been yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, Chris, thanks for calling me, man. Great stuff. And, you, and your thing here, you guys keep going and, and keep sharing with the people because everything we do in baseball is for the people. And this is the future of baseball. Everybody will be doing this. Yeah, I love it, man. Hey, Chris, thank you. Who knows what we're going to see tonight. I'm so excited about tonight's game because in baseball, you just never know. And we saw it last night. Wow. Have a great call. Thanks, Chris. He is the See man. You, Rex Hudler right here on A's Cast Live. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. 
teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. This is Chris Townsend. If you're looking for a new mattress, look no further than my friends at nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. You'll get the ultimate mattress for your needs. And green and gold fans, right now, if you use the coupon code Oakland, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's use the coupon Oakland to get an entire 10% off your order. Remember, nestbedding.com, America's favorite online mattress brand with stores around the Bay Area and around the country. You need a new mattress? You go to nestbedding.com. Mike Fires has had some lights out performances this season. One line and miss, and Mike Fires has thrown his second no hitter. On Friday, September 20th, fans in attendance for the A707 game against the Texas Rangers will receive a Mike Fires no hitter bobblehead. Presented by Chevron. Fires Bobblehead Night will kick off Fan Appreciation Weekend during the final regular season home series of 2019. Grab your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets. Athletics.com slash tickets. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. A's cast live. Now back to the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, I got two guys with me who mean so much to this franchise. Matt Olson and Liam Hendricks are joining me here. And first, Liam, you're going to get the Dave Stewart Community Service Award tomorrow. What does that mean to you, being presented by Stu himself? Yeah, it's cool, especially now that his number's being retired. It's, uh, it's always a cool thing just to be acknowledged for what you're doing off the field. But uh, at the end of the day, we're not coming into the se- this season looking for acknowledgement for the stuff we do off the field. This is just a way for our charitable stuff and all the charities we work with to get a little bit extra uh, coverage. And then I think about being nominated for the Roberto Clemente Award. I mean, all the stuff you do off the field, that's a, that's a really big deal. Yeah, it's, And it's, if you can win that, wow. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing, obviously. Um, you're going in there, not looking for any awards, as I said. But, uh, yeah, the Roberto Clemente, it just carries such prestige with it. It's, uh, it's always nice knowing that not only that the front office thought I was doing a good job off the field, it was like it was the, uh, that we're doing something good for the community, which is always a good thing. And, Matt, I think about the year you're having. I mean, after what happened in Japan and the way you've rebounded and your year has been fabulous, what has it been like really help carry this team to where we are trying to get into the postseason? Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, I think we're all happy with where we are right now. Uh, you know, a lot of uncertainty with the injury and, um, you know, knowing what a handmate does to some guys. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to come back and, and produce and, and help the team win, like you said, and, uh, you know, been, been pleasantly surprised. Well, I mean, you're having an incredible year and thinking finishing up with 11 games, these are some really big numbers you're putting up. <laughs> you know, what has it been like for you? Like the light has clicked and all of a sudden, I mean, it's just, it, it's been real dominating at times for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm, I'm getting to a better place. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm noticing things in my swing quicker, where in the past it might be a week, 10 days before I, you know, really hone in on, on what's going wrong and, and what's causing bad results. And, you know, instead of that, I'm taking one or two days and addressing the issue and, and you know, getting back on track. I mean, the team's record, Liam, 
when he's not here versus when he is here, it's dramatically different. I mean, to have a power-hitting first baseman who's a gold glove, I mean, the luxury of that is huge for a team. Yeah, I mean, you look at what we did against the Astros. We went uh, six of eight the last time, and I don't think he played with the first three series we played against him, and we kind of didn't do well. So it's having him over there on defense as well as the presence in the uh, in the lineup is huge for us because not only not only is it what he's been able to do on the like at the plate but it gives everyone else a little bit okay well we can't we need to pitch to chapman we need to pitch to kd we need to pitch to mount canna because we don't want to get to olsen so it's like all the other guys are benefiting from it as well because they get better pitches to hit how big is it for you guys as pitchers to know the kind of infield defense you have out there behind you yeah i mean it's awesome obviously uh Last night I just didn't keep it in the field, but it's um, <laughs> it's part and parcel of the way it goes. We have we have the utmost respect for everybody that's out there. And, I mean, I I wouldn't I'd be surprised if we didn't have more than two Gold Gloves this year coming up. So we've got a bunch of guys out there on the infield and outfield that are being able to do it pretty good. Yeah, and I want to bring up my my notes blew off. I want to bring you guys something that I, I don't know if you guys know about your teammate Marcus Simeon because. I'm sitting here championing him as a guy that should be an MVP candidate. I know he'll probably go to Trout, may go to Bregman. I think he needs to at least be top three. He joined this list. 116 runs, 173 hits, 38 doubles, 7 triples, 30 home runs, 85 RBIs, 78 walks, 10 stolen bases in a season. There's only been three guys who have ever done that. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Marcus Simeon. I mean, Matt. How can this guy not be an MVP candidate? He should be. Um, you know, with what he has done this year, uh, defensively goes unnoticed, offensively goes unnoticed. The guy's out there every single day. Um, he's, he's a machine, honestly. Uh, you know, he, he prepares with the best of them, and, and he's having one of the best years that I've seen. And, um, you know, I know we're not necessarily the biggest market and don't get the, the most media attention. Uh but uh, I, I really think he should be up there in MVP talks. And one thing that I mention all the time, and, and you just kind of alluded to it, is that when a guy plays every day and he works his ass off every single day, if you're in that clubhouse, you notice it. It's leading by example, isn't it? For sure. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to come out here and, and have the camera on you and, you know, be a big rah-rah guy in order to, to lead and, um, he's doing it. He's he's coming out, setting the tone in the leadoff spot. You know, I saw he he just surpassed Ricky for the most leadoff home runs or fo most home runs from the leadoff spot in the season. Um, you know he's coming out, putting together good at bat, first at bat of the game, and uh, you know I think it, it's a big it's a big thing for him to come out and set the tone. He's doing a great job this year. Yeah, is that any good when uh, Ricky Henderson, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, when they're talking to you about that, Liam? <laughs> is that any good? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Seems to be all right. <laughs> I mean, anytime you get mention anyone of from that caliber of talent, I mean, you're doing the right things, and it's a it's a credit to him is how much hard work he's put in. I mean, he's out here every single day. People don't see it, but he's out here every single day, working hard, making sure he gets better than the day before. And that's that's insane. Do you guys get the sense that you're already playing playoff baseball right uh, now? Uh, a little bit. Every now and then, there's a couple games where we feel like we're going into it and be like, okay do or die kind of thing but um every now and then it's just at the end of the day we're gonna play every game we're up by whatever games in the ball i don't even know what that record is in the wild card i don't know what it is because i don't want to worry about it all we need to do is go out there and win each day and if we win each day we're gonna be just fine i won't tell you it's one uh <laughs> do you get that sense at all matt i mean 
We're down to 11 games. This is a this is no doubt a sprint to the finish line between you, the Rays, and the Indians. Yeah, you know, I, I think Liam said it perfectly. We we can't get caught up in that because at the end of the day, if, if we handle our business, we feel like we'll be in a good position. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's coming to the end. Every game counts, and I think we're aware of that. But it's not it's not like we're uh, adding any pressure to ourselves by that. Uh, I think we just find a way to come out here and, and play our game. Do you think playing last year at Yankee Stadium in that wild card game will truly prepare you for this wild card game? I think it will for sure. Um, there's a lot of a lot of unexpectancy going going into New York last year. Uh, a lot of younger guys, a lot of guys who hadn't been in that wild card game scenario before. So uh, just living through it, uh, having that experience last year in such a hostile environment is uh, – going to do nothing but help us if we're in that same scenario this year think about your journey one year you could be starting the wild card game Liam and the next year you could be closing out the wild card game yeah it's uh it's it's definitely changed a little bit my scenery but um at the end of the day it is what it is we're gonna go out there and uh, if, if it's at home if it's in Tampa if it's in Cleveland whatever it is it's gonna be an electric crowd and we're gonna go out there and you're gonna handle your emotions I think uh, playing in it last year is definitely gonna be a boon for us just going out there and knowing that okay we've done this there's some guys on the other team that haven't done this before let's go do what we need to do yeah how big would it be to Matt to have this game here at the Coliseum because I guarantee it'll be a packed crowd yeah it would be awesome uh you know first of all that that would mean that that we handled our business these last 11 games and uh second of all to to have this environment um you know, when we pack this place out, it's a tough place to play coming as a, as a road team. So, uh, you know, I, I would assume that the wild card game would be packed out and it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the one good thing that the situation you're in with 11 to play, you truly control your own destiny. Mm -hmm, for sure. And no and one wants to come here. No. Nobody wants to come here. I've been talking to other guys, nobody at all. No one wants to come here. They don't want to play it. If Pound for pound, we've got the best fans in the league. If we sell out this place, it's going to be the loudest place in baseball. There's no doubt in my mind. We have the most passionate fans if they come out. If they come out, we're going to be all right. I can tell you, I was just here on Sunday because I also work for the Raiders, and when it's packed like a Raider game, and that's what we saw in the playoffs in 2012 and 2013 where guys like Ver Verlander and Cabrera were saying, this is by far the last stadium I've ever been in. That's why it's so key to get that game here. By the way, the field – you know, I know after this second game where the Raiders played back-to-back -back games, for you, how, how, how tough is the field out there? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's definitely different. Um, anytime you got a bunch of 300-pounders running as hard as they can and cutting, there's, there's going to be some things that happen to the, the surface. But, uh, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. We, we can't change the, the NFL schedule. So uh, you just got to come out here and adjust and, and do what you can. Uh, Hopefully you don't take one in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that, and I know you really can't talk about it, and, and I've done this for Chapman, and I've done this for Simeon, and I stay on Billy Bean, and I stay on David Forrest, and I talk to, you know, the, I got the David Forrest show every single week. I've been talking about there, there needs to be guys that need to, need to be inked up long term that are pillars for this franchise. And you're a guy that I'm fighting for right now with those guys saying, hey, you, you, you have something really, really special at first base. And I, I hope you know the fan base. We talk about you in the post-game show. I hope you know that this fan base, they want you around long-term. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I definitely want to be here long-term. I got drafted by the A's. This is 
this has been all I've known. Uh, I love playing here. I, I love the crowd. Uh, I love the the guys in the, in the clubhouse and just the environment in general here. So, uh, you know, stuff like that is is a little bit out of my control. And um, you know, if it ever if it ever comes to me, it, it'll be something that you know I, I definitely would would like to have happen. But you know, until then, uh, I just got to play game by game. You know, we're trying to get wins out here, and, and that stuff will handle itself. And Liam, tomorrow night will be very very special for you and your family and. You know, we've talked to so much about all the hard work that you do, and you talk about how you want to make this world a better place before you leave it, and I think we all realize that, that that's true, and it's coming from the heart. And so to get these awards for all the hard work that you and your wife do kind of validates it. It kind of, it's, it's, it's something, I know that you don't do it for that, but it does validate it a little bit. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, anytime you get acknowledged for something you're doing, it's always, uh, it's always a good thing. I mean, it's, uh, for what we've been able to do this year, it's just, we're happy to bring as much coverage to our charities as we can. So hopefully Stan for the Silent gets a big boon from this. Players for Pits, Mission Canine, Remember Me Thursday. Hopefully these, these organizations will get a bit of a boon from this. And people just raise awareness. And that's the biggest thing. It's just raising awareness, making sure that there's other people in different parts of the country that, get a, that, that can see these things and be like, hey, let's get behind this. Let's do what we need to do. What can we do to help? And just see where it goes. And if you're talking to Force about extensions, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm available. Yeah, if you, if we're gonna get try and get you an yeah, extension too. <laughs> get Marcus. I mean, it's, it's, it's Laser Ramon at some point's got to be taken care of. You got all these young pitchers that I mean, that's that's you know so much about the organization right now. And I know you guys got to go, but so much about the organization is about preparing for 2023 in the new ballpark. But I've been talking about you got this Sean Murphy kid who's come up. It's like my God, and you got now we're finally getting to see Puck and Lazardo. Manaya's back. I really believe you guys can win a World Series before we even talk about going into that new park. I mean, uh, screw 2023. What about 2019? I mean, why that's not? not look too far ahead. We got the guys, we got the talent. We're 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 not ranked high enough to threaten anybody, but everybody knows that we're going to come. We're going to be coming for them. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think this year and, and years to come. Um, you know, I feel like we're in a good spot. We have a great mix of veteran guys and young guys and. Um, you know, I, I'm really just excited about the lineup, the rotation, the bullpen, everything that we're running out on a nightly basis. Um, you know, we don't count on one guy every night. Uh, you know, it's, it's exciting. Guys, thank you so much. Get a victory tonight. 11 games left, and uh, can't wait to have that uh, wild card game here. It will be electric. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. You only get stuff like this on A's Cast Live. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Austin left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Goal for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. He does. He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Seriously, how good was that? Where you can have an all-star in Liam Hendricks and a guy that I think we all believe is a future MVP. Matt Olson, you want some numbers on him? I was doing some numbers last night on Matt Olson. 
you tell me what you think about this. Talking about a guy that if he played the entire year, if Matt Olson played the entire year, he'd be an MVP candidate. I, I think there'd be no question. Because the numbers would just, they just stand out. When your team wins and you put up big numbers, you know, because yesterday I told you on Buster Olney's podcast with Tim Kirchin, they were talking about Marcus Simeon as an MVP candidate. When you get those guys talking about it, then you know there's some buzz about it. The great Jim Cozumore walking by will be doing A's pre- and post-game live tonight on NBC California. So on the year right now, Olsen has 34 home runs, 85 RBIs, a 918 OPS. How about his OPS plus? Remember, you started at 100. He's at 144 in 117 games. But what a lot of voters like to see is they like to see a guy carry his team down the stretch. So I did these numbers last night for Matt Olson. Last 17 games, Matt Olson is hitting 338, eight home runs, eight doubles, and 19 RBIs in 17 games. And oh, by the way, playing phenomenal defense. I cannot say that enough. He is literally one of the best defensive first basemen I have ever seen. And I and I, and I don't I don't throw that out there lightly cuz when I bring up the names like Keith Hernandez and I bring up Don Mattingly and I bring up like JT Snow, we got to see JT here with the Giants but also got to see him a lot with the Angels. JT Snow was phenomenal. I mean, you're talking about these guys that won a lot of gold gloves. And if Mattingly doesn't hurt his back, Mattingly's a Hall of Famer. But Mattingly didn't have this kind of pop. You're really looking at a player who's 25 years old who could be a perennial 40, heck, even 50 home runs a year and driving in way over like 120 a year for years. And I know the big name right now in the organization is Matt Chapman, and I do believe, you've heard me say this, I do believe they are going to ink him up to an extension here in the offseason. But as great as he is, I don't know if he's more valuable than Matt Olson. Matt Olson's a year younger. And what he supplies for you on defense, I think he's really, really, really valuable. All right, Commander, we kind of got a little bit uh, sideways here. What, what, what do we got left here? Well, we're going we're gonna to have Foss at 5.30. And then, uh, Why don't we get Foss at 5.15? And then we can have a long buying or sell, do our buying or selling. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, so see if you can track down Foss for 5.15. If not, we will do 5.30. There's a lot in there with my beloved Pittsburgh Pirates. And none of it has to do with anything oh on the God. field. But seeing I was just there, and Mariners are in town, a lot of good stuff happened. You know, sickening news. For them in Chicago. About what's going on with the Pirates closer. We'll get into that. You know, that's, you know, one thing that I've experienced, and not to go off the rails here, but fans will back players. I really experienced that with the 49ers doing talk radio 
whether it was McDonald or it was Alden Smith, these guys were getting in trouble, and there was domestic violence, that, and, and fans were, because the women would not press charges, so they would not have charges pressed against them, but there was there were some odd things going on. You know, there was the one time with Alden Smith when someone from an off-duty police officer was there before the actual police got there. So the police got there and looked at the guy and went, hey, what are you doing here? And that's when the San Jose Mercury News started investigating, and they started realizing that there is a uh, odd relationship between San Jose PD, also um, Santa Clara County Sheriff's Department, and the 49ers to where they had to change their – the 49ers had to change their relationship with law enforcement. But I remember – People didn't care about the women because they were faceless to them. They didn't care. All they cared about is, is their guy going to play on Sunday? That's all they cared about. And you should have heard the phone calls. You should have, well, maybe you did on 95.7. You should have seen the text line, what people were saying, because we were trying to have moral values about what's more important. Should this guy be playing or not? And it wasn't until Ray McDonald, and the one of the times that the police showed up to his house, one of the charges against him was child endangerment. Once you brought kids into it, it changed. It changed how every I mean, basically dom- domestic violence and, and Ray McDonald's, this is what took him out of the league. And I remember being on the air when it went down going, okay, I remember all the phone calls and I remember all the texts. Now that there's child endangerment, who wants to call in and still back the guy? And we didn't get a call. We would have phone lines lit for four hours about this topic and about everybody, let him play, let him play. All of a sudden, you throw child endangerment. So Felipe Vasquez was arrested Tuesday in Pittsburgh and is being charged with multiple felonies in both Pennsylvania and Florida statutory sexual assault. Vasquez was initially charged with computer pornography, soliciting a child, and providing obscene material to minors by Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Let me tell you something. When you start dealing with minors and kids, it becomes, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what who you are as an athlete. I don't want to get much into it, but I can just tell you that, you know, you don't know what happens with this guy's career, and this could, you know, you could be going to, I mean, these are these are felonies. This is going to jail, and this is going to jail for a long time. This isn't the first incident with him. So last week, I think it was last week when the Giants were, in, or the Pirates were here in the Bay Area playing the Giants, Vasquez and Kyle Crick, their setup guy, got into a fight in the dugout, and Kyle Crick's out for the rest of the year because they were fighting over the music being played in the clubhouse. Yeah, but this is this is a whole different ball. The, 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 the Pirates bullpen has been a, a disaster with stuff off the field all year, but this is the worst thing I've seen this happen is, to this to this that organization that I followed my entire life. This is multiple felonies. He was arraigned Tuesday afternoon in Pittsburgh and was denied bail. Yeah, and B- Major League Baseball put him on administrative leave. So, and the Pirates released a statement saying that pretty much the same thing. He's on administrative leave, and we don't want to. We, we're not going to comment any further on it. Yeah, you're talking about a minor that's 11 years old. Yeah, this is, yeah, this guy, this guy, I mean, innocent until proven guilty, but if he's guilty, 
you will not be seeing him in a Major League Baseball uniform. Is Fossey coming down or not? I, I sent him a text. Okay, so because so, we'll I wanted to get into this. This article came out Monday. I just didn't get, get to it yesterday. It says, what really happens in MLB replay review room? Like, I, I, I never really thought about it. You just always know that there's a, there's a challenge, and the umpires put the headsets on, and at some point they take the headsets off, and it's either safe, it's out, it's fair, it's foul. That's pretty much all we knew. Well, this article by Jesse Rogers for ESPN.com really gave us a glimpse of what it is like in New York. In a square mid-sized room above a popular Manhattan eatery, the fate of playoff baseball games or even entire series could be determined. How about that? This is how it's set up. There are six stations with an umpire assigned to each, depending on how many games are going on. Each station has two televisions, so each umpire is watching up to two games at once during the regular season. Next to each umpire is a technician who can control the replays as they come in from the TV trucks on site. An umpire supervisor is on hand as well. So when you go to replay here in Oakland, and I also wonder, this is something I would like to actually investigate, is which TV truck? Are you getting it from the home team? Are you getting it from the road team? Are you getting it for both? But the, 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 the video that they are seeing is coming from on site. So what happens on a close play that might be challenged? The umpire at the station immediately begins to give a second and third look at the play as the replays come in from the trucks on site. Even before the umpires in the stadium have put on the headset, the ones in New York already have been looking at the play. So Bob Melvin says replay. The umpires start running to the headsets these guys are already looking at it. Once a play is officially challenged, the other umpires in the room, as well as a supervisor, can gather around the umpire who has been watching that game and advise them as they watch replays of the play. The replay tech will have any number of angles to show the umpires and can sync up two shots at once. When it comes time to make the call, hopefully within two minutes doesn't always happen final say comes from the one umpire who has that game now do the umpires on site and the replay umps in new york communicate about the call what would you say commander not not that you've already seen the article but if you had not seen the article what would you have said i'd say yeah because we see them talking yeah we see them talking i always thought they had the final say but no, I, I never thought they had the final say, but I thought they could at least communicate yeah, with yeah, these totally. guys. But then after, you know, as you laid it out, I, I read the article already on my, mm -hmm. my flight home today. By the way, I got in at noon today, and I came to work. What a, 
Bill Belichick always says, no days off. I'm a grinder. Actually, nobody cares. I know. I'm so trying to make everyone feel bad. He says, uh, well, how do you feel bad? You've been on vacation. We've all been working. Vaca- what do you mean vacation? You've been going around Pennsylvania accepting awards while we're all going to work every day. That award took 35 minutes. You could have just Skyped me and I could have stayed here. You got to go back home. Yeah, it was great to see my parents. All right. But yeah, I, I, would, I would think that have, they, they would be in communication with them. Totally. It says, not really. Once a call goes to replay, it's up to the replay official to make the call. And the umpires at the stadium where the play took place are not involved in that process. Huh. So when we see these guys talking on the headset, they are really a non-factor whatsoever. How many reviews do each umpire at a station average per night? It actually is only 0.5. So if an umpire is watching two, two games, he'll average about one review per night. I bet people would think that it's a lot more than that. When I saw that number, I totally thought it was higher than that. I'm like, 0.5 replays per game. Yeah. I, 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 that, that, besides the whole point where they didn't, they didn't really have a lot of communication and all that, I thought that was the next biggest thing I took from that. What are some of the hardest calls to make even with review? In general, video review teams cite three calls as the most difficult. Hit by pitch, fair or foul, home run calls, on balls that go higher than the foul pole, and tag plays at second base. So those are the three toughest. Hit by pitch, fair or foul home run calls on balls that go higher than the foul pole and tag plays at second base. So this is what they say about hit hit by pitch. These can be difficult for obvious reasons. Did the ball hit the bat or part of the hand or both? If so, what did it hit first? Often a ball will careen one way or another indicating it must have hit the bat, but that doesn't mean It didn't touch the hand or finger first. Slow motion replays usually can tell the story, but it can still be a difficult call, bat or hand. And I would throw into that also, does it hit the jersey or not? Because if it does hit the jersey, that is part of the body. That is a hit batter. Fair or foul over the pole. These aren't fun to take a lot of back and forth with the mouse. At the end of the day, review or not, it's still a judgment call. This is why I always say, the technology is not the problem. It's the human beings that are using it. You could easily put a laser or something that goes straight from the foul pole all the way up. Right? There's, I mean, what we have with, with TrackMan, what we have with Hawkeye, you could, you could basically have something going up all the way up as high as the top of the stadium, and you'd be able through technology to know whether fair or foul. It's not the technology. The technology is there for everything. It's the human beings that are messing it up. And then on the tag plays at second, one simple reason second base stands out over the other bags is because of where the cameras are in relation to the field. First, third, and home are closer to the stands, so they often have cameras very nearby with better replay looks. Second base is also where overslides, pop-up slides happen most, sometimes allowing 
mini, mini school room for a tag. Well, you could basically, like tennis, you could have you could wire up the entire field. You could wire the bags. And you, you could see if the guy slides in, did he hit the bag compared to the tag? Technology's there for everything. I mean, this is this is the problem. It truly is there for everything. They just don't utilize it. Does a tie really go to the runner? First, yes, there are ties. But instead of automatically going to the runner, the call simply reverts back to whatever the call in the field was. Ties will elicit a call stands notation. Tie base should go to the runner, right? No, but the guy called him out, so he's going to be out. And then one more for you. What else might surprise fans? One thing fans might not know, especially on close plays at first base, is that the ball is considered in the fielder's glove as soon as it touches any part of the leather. It doesn't have to be in the pocket with the glove closed. So if a replay shows a ball touching leather before a runner touches the bag and before the ball is actually caught, then the runner is out. Of course, the catch has to be completed. That's another thing I didn't know. Very interesting how a replay works in New York. We continue on right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. You want to know why A's Access works? Let me tell you. Think about Fenway Park. Fenway Park is the most expensive seat in all of baseball. Why? Because they have so they have high demand and they have so few seats. And they've been winning, so they can jack it up. But what happens when the vibe isn't there? And it's not like the Boston Red Sox. They're not having a great year. You know, the World Series hangover. But the Boston Red Sox right now are 79 and 70. And the Giants are in town. I guess I guess uh, Mike Yastrzemski got a standing ovation. Yaz's grandson as there was a great shot of Yaz and baby Yaz being out in left field, pretty cool. But think about this, a box seat at Fenway Park normally goes for $195. Tonight on the secondary market, it's going for forty. That's a project. That that that's that's when you know there's not a huge interest right now for the Boston Red Sox in Boston. You're coming off a World Series and a ticket normally that's a one ninety five you can get for forty bucks. On their website, you can get bleacher seats for twenty one for this game, and their pavilion level standing room only tickets is just fifteen dollars tonight. Boy, that is a dramatic, and I mean a dramatic change right there. Because if the Red Sox were winning, I guarantee you they would be getting $195 for that box seat. Don't forget Fan Appreciation Weekend. This Friday we begin our celebration of you, the fans, with the kickoff of Fan Appreciation Weekend. 
The weekend includes two bobblehead giveaways and a fireworks show, all for the best fans in baseball. You heard Liam Hendricks say it, pound for pound, the best fans in baseball. Clear your weekend schedule, throw on your A's gear, and head to the ballpark to celebrate the final regular season homestand of 2019. Grab your tickets today by visiting athletics.com slash tickets. Yeah, get out here and support these guys as the magic number still stands at 10. And let me tell you, it's not going to be easy. The Rays are not going away. I don't know about the Tribe, but I know for a fact the Rays are not going away. And they've got a tough stretch right now. They're in Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers for two. Then they've got the Boston Red Sox for four at home, the Yankees at home for two, and then they will finish against the Toronto Blue Jays, the Baby Jays on the road, who Rex Hudler told you, hey, these guys are tough. The Baby Jays are tough. And watching from afar, we'll be watching Blake Snell, the 2018 Cy Young Award winner. Hasn't had a great year at 6-7 and seven with a 4.28 ERA. But obviously he was having elbow issues and had the surgery on the loose bodies removed in his left elbow on July 29th. So we'll see how he throws because right now, if this thing plays out and he stays on schedule the rest of the way, he'll be set for the wild card game October 2nd, whether it's going to be here or St. Petersburg. So you may be getting their best, but their best also means, let's see, let's see the kind of stamina he has. So the Rays and Dodgers going tonight. Dodgers with a 3.39 ERA. Rays with a 3.65 ERA, ranked number one and two in the majors in that category. The Rays have 1,490 strikeouts, trailing only the Astros at 1,547. Dodgers in the National League trail only the Reds. They've got 1,397. The Reds have 1,448 and they rank seventh. But that's the thing about the Rays. They've got pitching. And they've they they've done it they've done it all kinds of ways. Whether they use a starter, whether they use the opener, whether they rely on so many different relievers, they're shipping guys up and down from AAA using the IL, whether they're using it correctly or not, they've mastered it. And the Rays, they've got legit pitching. And that's why seeing certain guys get hot and stay hot, like Marcus Simeon, like Matt Olson, and even Chris Davis. Let's get some credit. Chris Davis has started to find it, and hopefully we're going to have Chris Davis, Commander Cody. Hopefully we're going to have him later in the week since he didn't show up yesterday. I heard. Yeah. That doesn't happen to me when I'm producing. When are we getting Chris Davis? Uh, well, I mean, you want me to get him with Alex on Friday? I can reach out. No, I want him while I'm here. Well, you're not. This is the last day we're here. By the way, Mikey Scremsey just hit his 20th home run at Fenway Park. Did he get a standing ovation? I don't know, but everyone's talk, tweeting about it. Said, "What a great moment! What a great mo- cool hit a home run at Fenway." I know the history, but it's a home run at Fenway. It, it doesn't float my boat. Yeah. 
Chris Davis. He started to get it going. Last nine games, great to see. He's hitting 324, three home runs and 11 RBIs. Had a big RBI last night. To, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was possible to get him going, but it looks like they're starting to get him going. And if Chris Davis, if it was Texas where he is dominated at Globe Life Park, we said it in uh, on A's Total Access, if there's one ballpark that's going to get this guy going, it's Globe Life. And maybe, just maybe, that ballpark got him going. Coming up next, the face of the franchise. Ray Fossey is going to join us right here on A's Total Access. A's Cast Live. Now back to the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Yeah, one thing we don't want to see tonight, the old blown save. 29 blown saves. And Liam's been fabulous for the A's. And Liam stopped by. And, you know, you know every once in a while someone's going to get you. I mean, Liam's been fabulous this season. Ray Fossey, you're always fabulous. I mean, Ray, I don't I don't, I don't, think you've ever had a day. Hey, what's here. up, buddy? How are you? How are we doing, Tony? So this is, this is our last regular season. You've got to turn this thing around. Yeah, you got to here. Let me help you out with that. There you go. There you, you've only you've only been in broadcasting for how many years? Not as long as you. You're the best, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I said, hey, if this is going to be the last A's cast live for me during the regular season, I had to have my guy on you the know, face of the franchise. Cody, Cody sent me a text. I'm sorry, man, because I was, you know, Rex Hudler. You had him on today, and I know I just did 28 minutes with him. Did you really? Yeah, he is. He is. You know, people are going to listen to this on A's cast. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> when you well, this, <laughs> no, well, no, 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 no. Well, what, what, this is A's cast live. Live. Okay, but what, what are we doing with the the other where you take the, the expanded shows and run them? Green and Gold Green History. Green and Gold History. Got, got would, would you like this on Green and Gold History? Whatever you want to put it. But, but I tell you this. People will listen to Rex Hudler. He is a great motivator. Tremendous, and I know you had him here live. I love him. Uh, oh, he is, but but it, he is, he's one of a kind, and he had taken a, you know, you know when he was let go by the Angels, as broadcaster, he and Steve, Steve Fizak, they made a change and all this. He was in that meeting, and they said, you know, we're going to make a change, and so they got a plan. He said, wait a minute, where are you going? He says, let me have my words. I want to say something. And I'm sure they're thinking, oh, here it comes. He said simply, thank you for letting me work for you. I really appreciate you letting me work for you. How many people would do that when they've been let go and they've lost their job? Probably none. Yeah, I you don't know? think I'd be doing that. Exactly. But Rex Seller, <laughs> Rex Seller sat in that meeting in Anaheim when they made a change. And I'm sure he floored them. I'm sure they went, what, what? But, you know, he's, he's a good person. Anyway. You've done a tremendous job this year. Sorry you have to deal that other sport, but, uh, you know, that's why this field's so ugly because of that other sport. But, you know, it's nice that no more. You get to play baseball in this probably all the way through October. Don't have to worry about them, those big old guys jumping up and down and killing this grass. And we'll never see it again. That's right. Because your entire career you saw the baseball oh infield there. Oh, my gosh. Dirt, right? Unbelievable. So, no, it's, it's nice. And, it, you know, what's really nice is that this team, which is a very special team, is going to be able to come out here and play baseball in October and not have to worry about anything. 
any divots. Clay Wood was outstanding, did a great job yesterday. But, uh, now you've done a wonderful job, seriously. I know you've done really nothing except talk because these guys over here have done all the work, but that's okay. You've, you've done a very good job. Yeah, yesterday they had no commercials for me, so I had to talk for two straight hours. That's really hard for you, right? When, is, <laughs> when have you ever been lost for words? Huh? <laughs> these guys. These guys have been killing me all year long. You know, every game, you know, even last night, these are like playoff games. Yes, they are. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I, you know, I was a little angry last night, and everybody tries to pull the, well, it's just one game. It's no. like, well, that's just one game can keep you out of the postseason. You know, Townywood, when uh, the Angels were in town, the A's had won the first two. And Kipe and I were closing out our TV, and I said, you know, normally you like to think about series, winning series. And I've heard you say that, too. Uh, matter of fact, as recent as last night, winning a series, which is what the A's are looking at right now. But as I said then, normally in the first four or five months win series, you're going to win a lot of ball games. This is the time when you get greedy, and you have to turn it around and say it. And, and they did it against the Tigers. I'm hopeful that tonight, after a very, very tough loss last night, that they bounce back like they did against the Tigers and win tonight and tomorrow in this two-game series against uh, remaining against the Royals. Because when you see a team like the Kansas City or Detroit that was in town, and when Detroit won that game after the suspended game and they won the game uh, in 11 innings, they were cheering like it was the seventh game of the World Series. This is their World Series. So that's why there's no such thing as a good schedule, soft schedule and all that stuff. No, these guys are major league players, and they're only – their only goal right now is to be a spoiler because they can go into the offseason, go into the clubhouse when the game is over and say, we beat a team that's probably going to be playing in October. And this is their World Series. And that's why you can't take anybody lightly in this game. You know that. You've been around yeah. long enough. I mean, it's, it's a great game, but it doesn't mean that just because a team's lost 95 or 100 games, they're going to roll over and you're going to beat them. No. They want to play. And see the excitement last night? It's unfortunate. Uh, but when they scored the two runs in the ninth inning, they were all out on the on the warning track in front of the dugout, high five and cheering. I mean, that was special to see that. I hated to see it from the A standpoint because that was an important game. The A's could have picked up a half game on the Rays and the Cleveland Indians. What are the Indians doing? Uh oh, winning big. But uh, but no, it, this is the time where you're looking at the scoreboard. You're looking at things that are happening around baseball. And but you know you've said it. You've said it right, and it's true. The A's can can control their own destiny. They win. They don't have to worry about looking at that scoreboard. But, I mean, those other clubs are looking at it, and those other clubs are trying to say, you know, the A's are leading the wild card, but we want to get there as well. What do you make of 29 blown saves which uh, leads woof. Major League Baseball? Well, you know, th th was that considered one last night? Yeah, that was a blown save. Well, how about the one earlier? What if it had a 4-2 lead, even though it's got to get a certain part of the game? Yeah, Diekman didn't get it. Okay, but, I mean, if you yeah. look at it technically, that's a two-run single that tied the game. And so, if and no, there was just one last night. But even 29 or 30, whatever it is, that's too many. Because, and I agree with what you've said a number of times, that if you take half of those and win those games, look what the record would be. They're at 90 now. They'd I know. Be, I know. They'd be over 100 wins. And, and so I, I think it's a remarkable job that Bob Melvin and staff and the players have done this year, considering players who have excelled, especially last year, the recent last year, have done really not the things this year that you expected or hoped that they were going to do. And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, with certain players playing as well as they did last year, it would be a whole different story right now. Did you see the stat on Marcus Simeon where yeah. you have all those? I know. That was great. And, and, you know, all, all the different numbers uh, and only Babe Ruth, Luke, Luke Gehrig, and Marcus Simeon. That's incredible. Is now, that? You know, I think Marcus Simeon is the most improved 
player overall. And you have to encompass his shortstop, his defensibility. He's been tremendous. If you think about what he has done this season and where he was, first of all, you give Marcus credit for working as hard as he has. But you also have to give the A's credit for leaving him there. They could have said, hey, this guy's got no chance. Let's get him out of there, get somebody else in. But they stayed with him. And I think that was comforting for Marcus to continue to work as hard as he did. And then for the A's to say, you're our guy. I mean, he is tremendous. And you think back, or you think about, you figure also the Chapman are going to win the Rawlings Gold Gloves, and Chappie probably won the Platinum again third base. But you think where Marcus Simeon, how far he has come to where even last year he was mentioned in the top three in shortstops defensively. And where he has come defensively, his offense, you know, we talk about it all the time where he, he can go 0 for 2, and all of a sudden he's 3 for 5, you know, just because his numbers that he puts up. Because he learned, just like last night, swings on 3 0. Not many guys can hit 3 0. He got a fastball. He didn't try to yank it in the left field. He hit out at center field. That's a special person that can take a 3 0 fastball like that. And see, I always thought, and you were a pitcher, but you think about 3 0. Some guys will throw that BP fastball just to get it over so they're not throwing their, with their true velocity. Yeah. But last night he got it, and he smoked it. And, and I think that's what, that was special for, for, uh, for, for Marcus to do that. But he's been the leader in this ball club, a quiet leader, very quiet. But he, what he has done has just been just really unbelievable. So, yeah, I'd say they should sign him long term. <laughs> well, I, I, Chapman, Olsen, yeah. I mean, you need these guys all long term. I yeah. mean, Olsen's only 25. Yeah. Sign him to an extension. Sign Chapman to an extension. Because this team really has the ability, whether it's this year or it's 2020, 21, 22, they're going to have a chance to win a World Series before yeah. they go in this new ballpark in 2023. I, I agree. And I think, you know, talking to Jeff Luno in, uh, in Houston, their general manager, and I said, what's your window? And he said, we're trying to expand our window, a window of winning. Because when you win, you have to pay the players. But I think from what the A's are doing and developing these young players, you look at how many – Seth Brown and left. you got uh, uh, Sheldon Noisy's playing. you got Puck pitching and uh, Lazardo pitching. You got these guys playing meaningful baseball in September, and these kids are rookies. You know, just think how much they're learning in this month and playing the game of baseball for a team that we hope is going to be playing deep in October. But this is for the future and how great this organization is going to be. And, and you know, with, with Manai coming back, he's the A's Sunday pitcher. How about the way that's working out? But, you know, he's pitched extremely well. And, and I said uh, Sunday in Arlington that sometimes in spring training you get that dead arm period. He's been remarkable. You think about how well he pitched in New York here against the Tigers and also against the Rangers. I mean, that's three quality starts that he has had with no effects whatsoever of his shoulder surgery. So it, this is, I mean, not only right now is this club looking good, but I think the future for this club is tremendous, you know, if they can keep these guys together. You like talking so. catching? Why not? Sean Murphy. Yeah. Um, really impressive. I mean, really impressive. You know, he, he someone, we were in Texas, and the scouts were saying, how's he throwing? I said, I don't know. No, nobody's tested him because it's not a running game, you know. But he threw a ball in Texas, uh, and, and I've always thought, and, and that's not biased as a catcher or a former catcher, but, you know, pitcher, you have to give your catcher a chance. He's got a strong arm. Josh Fagley's got a strong arm. And, you know, right now, if going forward, and it almost has to be because Bo Taylor came back during September, after he'd been let go by Toronto and the A's reacquired him. So I don't think technically he's available to be on a postseason roster. But if you go with Fegley and Murphy right now in postseason, that's a pretty good dynamic catching duel. 
But Sean Murphy, and, and again, nothing against Josh Fegley, but I think what Murphy has been, they've been talking about him in the past, the present, future, you know. Uh, you have to go with somebody who is that good. His offense probably uh, is exceptional, but to me that's a bonus because he can do it behind the plate. What he's done with, with Tanner Roark when he caught him for the first time, took that 93-mile-an-hour fastball in the chest on a cross-up, and then you could see even last night working together. So that's something that's not easy for a catcher to take a veteran pitcher and, and try to get on the same page with him. But he's been very good, and uh, I'd say that he is the future. He's, he's the guy that's going to get the most of the opportunities to catch, and uh, let's just hope he stays healthy because it's a, it's a job that probably he's going to excel at. There's a way to get him on. It's the same thing with uh, Lazardo. Since we'll they get, were Get who on? Murphy. No, 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 Murphy's on because he was here. Was well, he here before September yeah, 1st? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, well so I, I, th I think. But I'm talking about Bo Taylor because Bo was, was DFA picked up by Toronto. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, he yeah. can't be on. No, but but I think. I think well, uh, like Lazardo, what they can do is since he was in the right. organization, yeah. they can get creative with the IL. Right. And they got to IL somebody, right. and then they can make that right. happen. No, no, that that's fine. Yeah, no, Murphy, I don't think there's any question because, really, who else would be on the postseason roster as a catcher? That's it. There's nobody. It would have to be Fegley and Murphy right now. So so if he if he didn't come out, he, since he was in the organization. Yeah, he's, yeah. but he, either way, he's going to be on roster because Herman was DFA'd and released. Hunley's no longer here. Who else are they going to have? So, no, he's and he's legitimate, and, and to be able to play the way. Yes, sir. I, I see an article here from uh, good friend Ben Ross, who's right here, saying that good. the A's are going to call him up on uh, Sunday when Ross is expanded. So he wrote this on the 31st, so he technically would have been caught up for September 1st. Yeah. So I don't know how, that, how that's going to He's in the organization. Season, but. but like Tony said, they can, yeah, they he, can maneuver. Because remember Francisco Rodriguez? Yeah. When he came up in uh, September? K-Rod. That's what I said, Francisco Rodriguez. Yeah. That's his I, name. But K-Rod. But he came up in September of 02, and he was on the postseason roster because they worked the system or worked it. But if you're in an organization, no, that's fine. But, you know, the, the only question, and now Lizardo and Puck, but, you know, you, you have to think about this. How much can they pitch? Because, see, Lizardo pitched three innings Sunday. And, and Bob Melvin, I give him credit. If I'm going to get to use him on a daily or whatever day it is, he pitched three innings in Houston, did a great job there. He pitched three innings in Arlington, Texas. But how much time in between? You get postseason. And you're playing short series. You need to have guys available. Well, cool thing is, is you could go one game where Lazardo comes out of the pen, one mm -hmm. game where Puck comes out of the pen. Then you have a day off. Yeah, that's the thing. You have the day off. That's right. That's right. So there could be a way where you're, you're not pitching them back no, no, to back. No, no, no. That's no exactly, exactly. Or you could do what the A's did in 1974, only have nine pitchers and use five. <laughs> Only use five. What, what was that in 74 or 74, 75? You only used five pitchers in the World yeah, Series. Five-game World Series. Used five pitchers. Had nine. So you think about nine on your roster. That's 16 position players. Now you have 13 pitchers. You're looking. You will never see that again. Oh, of course not. I mean, well, they may next year whenever they go to three, three batter minimum <laughs> because that's going to change the game a lot. But, uh, but no, it, it, it's a different game now, and, you know, we understand that, that it's a different game. Let's play Ray Fossey's favorite game, buying or selling. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on <laughs> A's Cast Live. Let's do this with Foss. So, Foss, I'm sure you've seen this. We're going to sell Tony? I'll sell him in a heartbeat. I don't know. He's pretty valuable. We can't. <laughs> we need him for the playoff push here. 
Maybe in the offseason we trade him for a few prospects. No, no, he's the prospects good. would be myself and Joey and Ben. No, town is good. Town is good. <laughs> so Cubs. No, you guys are suspects. Go home. That's, okay. who, that's, who, that's who, true. Buying or selling. Hey, who? I got honored the other day. I'm not a suspect. He's a suspect. Go ahead. Okay, Cubs star first baseman Anthony Rizzo is going to be out five to seven days yep. as he's in a walking boot for a sprained ankle. Cubs are currently 82 and 68, a half game behind the Nationals for the first wild card in the National League. Rizzo is hitting 289 with the Cubs this season with 26 homers and 93 runs driven in. The Brewers have the easiest schedule remaining among the NL playoff teams with several versus the Padres, the Pirates, because they're in shambles, the Reds, and the Rockies. Buying or selling, the Cubs will make the playoffs without Anthony Rizzo. I'm selling. What does that mean? Tell me, explain the rules of selling and buying. Is that selling? So you either like it or you don't like selling it. Selling is you, you like it or don't like it. Selling is I don't think the Cubs. I think the I think the Brewers will overtake them. I'm going to go with the Brewers as a second well, wild card. Well, first of all, what I don't like, what you just said about the schedule. Don't ever talk about the schedule down the stretch, please. Okay. Be- because there's no such thing as a – an easy, easy schedule, schedule yeah. because these guys are pros. And, and seriously, I mean, I'm not I'm not joking. There is no such thing as that. And, you know, the A's played the Astros, won three out of four, and they said, oh, they got a great schedule. They're playing Texas, and they're playing the Royals, and then they go to play the Rangers again, and then Angels, Angels and, Mariners. and Mariners. Oh, man, they're going to kick them. Oh, really? What do you think those teams are thinking? Well, they no. want to play spoiler. Thank you. That's all. That's I said earlier. That's their only thing. So, uh, you know, with Yelich being out, um, you know, that kind of evens out things a little bit as far as production. They played well without him, which is surprising. They've yeah. had some guys step up. And, and that's usually what happens, Cody, that, that if, if the main guy goes out, everybody else says, hey, he's out. we got to pick up and, and pick up the slack. Brian not that, Brown not, looks reborn a little bit playing well for yeah. while Yelich is out. But but I, I think um, I, I kind of think the the Brewers are, are going to be their wild card representative. I, I so really, you're selling. Uh, that would be that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that, and I don't know, even if Rizzo's there, if that's going to happen. Because uh, the Brewers, and, and I think when you have, and the Cubs are in that category, when you have played in September and you know what it's like to play September baseball, I think that's really a, a, a positive. But, uh, but I just think there's so much turmoil in Chicago. There's so many things going yeah. on there, you know. Uh, you know, with their manager, Joe Mad, did they bring him back? Ben Zobrist, you know, that whole fiasco. You know, so, I mean, a lot of things going on. Whereas the Brewers, even though they lost perhaps the back-to-back uh, MVP in the National League, but uh, I, I just kind of think the Brewers are going to do it. So I agree with you, Tony. So you, you mentioned Joe Madden. So it ties into this. Joe Madden and his Cubs tenure has won a World Series, which is something the Cubs couldn't do in 108 years before he came. Uh, the Cubs have won 90-plus games every year Madden has been there. Well, they're like 82 wins right now, so they might get there. And he won manager of the year in 2015. The Cubs, are current, cur- the Cubs currently have a 76.7% chance to make the playoffs. Buying or selling, Joe Madden won't be back if the Cubs miss the playoffs. Is oh. that, if I say sell, does that mean he won't be back? No, that means he'll be there. No, I, I'd say I'm, uh, Joe's, Joe's no, he's not coming back. Yeah, I'm buying. I, I think Joe, you know, there's certain managers in the old school philosophy and even though Joe with the with the Rays really kind of started a lot of stuff with the the analytics and all that, but I, I just think, you know, there, there comes a time when maybe someone wants his own person in there, and I just think Joe might have saved the money. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think money's an issue with the Cubs, but I just think it's sometimes you you want, and, and again, we're not there to see on a daily basis what happens, but there's just been too much talk about him not being back, and I. 
uh, we were there, and Joe's an excellent manager, and, and I think as a manager, you want the respect to your players and vice versa, and I think they have that, but I just think sometimes people upstairs, you know, they don't want it to happen. So, I, I sadly, I don't think he's going to be back. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And sometimes you need – Sometimes you do need a new voice, and it sounds like that's this is one of the cases. Even though we know he's a really good manager yeah. and he's a winner, it just seems like with this organization, there there needs to be something different there. And maybe Joe needs a different challenge, and he needs it because he will get another job right away if he wants it. I don't know about that. Really? I kept thinking San Francisco could be the landing spot for him. Because I thought Girardi would go to the Cubs. Because they love, because a lot of people around the league love Girardi, and then you, mean, you comes think to his the age is a problem? I'd say there's some issues that, you know, to me, why did Larusa, Cox, and Tory all resign, retire at the same time? Because they were tired of these kids telling them what to do. Anyway, hey, <laughs> Joe will end up in a TV booth. Well, Joe's good. No, Joe, Joe's excellent, and I think, and really, I would love to see him stay on his Cubs. I think, I, I think they would benefit from that. I just think there's the game is changing. It, it, it really is changing, and, and I think um, there's certain things that that happen. And, and again, who knows, who knows what they're going to do. Well, last one because we mentioned this earlier, and I just want to. I'm sure you heard about what happened with Felipe Vasquez of the Pirates earlier today. That was get to it. Uh, buying or selling Felipe Felipe Vasquez will never pitch again in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. Yeah. And follow up to that, buying or selling Clint Hurdle nor Neil Huntington will return in 2020. I mean, this is like another incident in the bullpen. As a Pirates fan myself, they've had three incidents. How many times has he said today he's a Pirates fan? Well, everyone knows. I was just there. I know. It's like you say it every time. Like, like we, we know. You yeah. don't have to say it. They're, they're, the, the bullpen stuff, this is now the second incident Vasquez has been involved in in the last week and a half. Uh, Ke- uh, Keona Kelly got into a huge thing with the trainer earlier this year. I mean, the players aren't responding to Hurdle anymore, and everyone wants Huntington out. I, I buying and selling both those guys on the back. It's it, the way you know this. The way everything you're saying, it, how would it? No, they're going to be back. No, Mads or uh, <laughs> Hurdle's going to be back. Plus, they hit every team. Every team hates them because they hit all their batters. <laughs> Joe Madden wanted to fight Hurdle that one game. On that, that means the bad pitchers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. They have the worst ERA in the history of the franchise right now. Buying or selling, the A's will be hosting the wild card game. If Ooh. I say they're going to, that means I sell. No, you're buying. I'm buying. They'll be hosting the wild card game here, and I'm looking forward to this place being loud. Yeah, 30-something thousand. I, listen, this is the loudest place in the world, and this is this is fun. Plus, plus I don't want to go anywhere on the Sunday from Seattle. I don't want to come <laughs> right back here and get ready. Well, the, Mark Topkin, who covers the Rays down in Tampa, said that the Rays announced they will open up the upper level at the Trop if they host playoff games. But they have to sell the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to go to St. Petersburg. No. I want it right here because these are the greatest fans in baseball right here. The Coliseum, they are loud and they are good and they love their team. So, yeah, I want to see it right here. You, so, you know, I went there once with you earlier this year. Yeah. I don't think I ever need to go there again. No, no. It's, uh, you know, so they open up the upper deck. I, they, they better sell the lower deck. Yeah, yeah they're making people to show up. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. Light, lightning seriously. season's right around the corner. <laughs> Foss, this was our last regular season one. You're a good man. The next time we do this will be for the wild card game. I love it. We'll talk to you on the second. I like it. You're the best, my friend. No, you are. The face of the franchise. You are. Two-time World Series champion. Two-time All-Star. Two-time Gold Glover. 
but number one and in your heart. And three-time broken fingers. And a lot of broken fingers. <laughs> and dibs. And best friend of the program. And dibs. No, you guys are good. This is a great program. Coming seriously. up next, Since Alex you. Jensen with A's all night, and I'll be back in just a little bit for A's Total Access in the right treehouse? here. In the treehouse? I'm going to the treehouse right now. Bowl, you want to come? No, I'm going to go up and get something to eat and get ready for a great oh, baseball see, game. See Taco, you down there, Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Alex Jensen, the face, <laughs> next. I thought I was. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.